So the word that we need to, or not need to, but that we are sharing this month is the word calling ownership. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm going to get sometimes a little bit beyond myself, but I can't help it. I'm only 60. And I know I look good because I've got a young wife, right? On Thursday past, we were married 21 years, and thank you for everybody that sent us uh, compliments for the anniversary. But um, 21 years with only one wife. She, she needs to get a medal, honestly. Now, when we talk about ownership, can you bring up that scripture? I asked Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Please, when we, when we talk about ownership, verse 11. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. Now, that is a scripture that is part and parcel of the, of the theme, which is ownership. Ownership also means to be responsible. Ownership also means to to be a person that takes charge, authority over the things that they have at hand. Meaning, whatever you do with your life, your life is based on God and God's word. So sometimes we don't want to take authority. You know why? Because we don't like to be responsible. Come on, let's be honest. Before you became a parent, you could do whatever you want to day in and day out. But when you became a parent of a child, all of a sudden there was a responsibility that came and rest on your shoulders, correct? Whether you're a mother or a father. Now, no longer you can just say to the child, that little baby, that little infant in the crib, you can't just say, hey, you carry on by yourself. Um, I've made you, there you are. Or I was part and parcel of what was made, but now you carry on on yourself and you go on. You don't do that. You take responsibility over that child because that's who you are. You have now become a father and a mother over that child, right? And so we need to understand you can go to the next verse, verse 12, please. We need to understand. I'm not going to read through the scripture, but I'm going to just tell you the story. You can go read it in your own time. Luke chapter 19, verse 12, 11, 12, 13, 14. It talks about the following. It talks about talent or money. Now, the thing is that we do, as I've said earlier, is we place value on money. So that means God, God gives us ownership or the responsibility to look, to earn money when we work, right? This is a 50 rand note. And uh, so when I look at the 50 rand note, as I said earlier, we want to work out in our subconscious mind what it is that we can buy for. And, and you and I know it's not a lot <coughs> for 50 rand because it means that when I go to the shop, I try to shop in my budget. Now, I know some, most of you have a budget, right? So you look at your 50 rand note and you say, okay, I can buy uh, milk, I can buy bread, and maybe I can buy some bologna or whatever to, to add to the bread to make some sandwiches. But that's about it. So we place value on it. God gave us, as children of the living God, to be owners of what we have, to take responsibility and be in that space where our character will show for it. A lot of times people talk about character and personality, right? Or integrity. It's the same thing, meaning in different ways meant. But it comes to the word character. A character is how you as a person build your life on what blocks or what, what, is, it, what is the foundation that you use to build your life, right? So here's the thing. 
when I am placed in a position, wherever it may be, God makes me to take responsibility of what I do. That's why the word talks about it and say that we as people need to understand that uh, we have to take ownership of what we do. We have to be responsible in how we do it. I mean, if you work at a place where you have a boss over you, like me, you don't normally, you don't want, or you won't go and take things that doesn't belong to you because it's theft, correct? So you will look at yourself and you will say, well, look here, I need to be a person of character. I need to be a person of, of responsibility. So the area of work or my place of work, I need to do it in such a way as if I'm doing it for the Lord. And that's not something that we like to say or do. Why? Because at the end of the day, when we do something wrong, we want to hide behind certain things. So let me explain to you. God is the one that is faithful in everything that he does from the beginning of time up until now. And so here we are as people this morning and we're struggling, all of us. Whether you struggle with whatever it may be, it can be a financial thing, it can be a family matter, it can be friendship, it can be a relationship, it can be whatever it is. Maybe you went through a divorce, maybe you lost your husband, you lost your wife during this time. Not necessarily about the COVID-19, I'm talking about in general, uh, earthly or natural death. Maybe you lost a, a family member very close to you, an uncle, an aunt. And so we all are experiencing certain things, which is not nice. And in our, in our hearts, the emotions rage against our, what we know about things. What, what, was, what does it mean? It means that God, in his awesomeness, has brought us to a time such as this to make a difference and to be different. But how can we do it? You see, what we are as people, we try to find shortcuts in whatever we want to do in life. Why is that? I don't know. It's almost like the world is portraying pictures to us, and it starts with the two-minute noodles. And you know, I always use that example. Two-minute noodles. What does it mean about two-minute noodles? It means that we want to go quick and fast and get through the day. But it doesn't work that way. We need to understand that there's a word of God that we need to grasp and take a hold of. So in this passage of scripture, Luke 19, 11, it talks about a gift, a talent, or money. So what does it mean? It means that the money that you have is not enough. Come on, who can tell me that they have enough money? Just show me by the hand because I need you to come and pray for me. Nobody. Okay, I thought so. Money is never enough. Money is never enough. That's the reason why we as people struggle many times with money. Because what we have or what we get is what we want to hold on to. Man, I tell you what we want. Oh, Jesus, help me. This is all I have. I can't still give to the church. And so what I do is I hold on to what I have. Instead of understanding that there's a principle in the word. And it talks about whatever a man shall sow. Whatever a woman shall sow, that, listen, and only that he or she will reap. Whatever a man or a woman shall sow, that, the word says, and only that he 
or she shall reap. So now it becomes a different thing because that's why Romans 12, 2, and I started with that scripture, but it was based for these two sisters. But Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Why does it say that? Because we are so used to follow the principles and the methods and the plans of the world. We are so integrated in our mindsets. We are so filled with the things of the world through media, through newspaper, through, through whatever, TV. And we look at those things and then we think that is the correct way of doing things. But this morning, say with me, this morning. This morning, yeah, this morning, I need to separate myself. Yeah, separate myself from what? From the things of the world. Why? Because at the end of the day, if I follow the way, the route or the, the road of the world, the map of the world, I will never make it. Why? Because what do they do? They sow this fear into us as people. Come on. I mean, I don't know about you, but over the last couple of months, my goodness me, if somebody just sneezed, I ran. If somebody coughs, I was, whoo, Jesus, I jump. It's almost like you're getting a fright. And this is the way that we have been programmed through the news. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, not you now, not you, the people on the TV. We, I couldn't wait. For President Cyril Ramaphosa to speak. I mean, when it's his time to speak, that everybody must quiet, quiet now. He's going to say something. Good evening, my fellow South African citizens. Lord Jesus, help me. And then he puts his mask over his eyes. Anyway, the point what I'm trying to make is this. That we are allowing ourselves to follow the road of the world. We are allowing ourselves to be almost brainwashed by the things that the world is. But Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. What world? This world. Which world? The world we're living in right now. But be ye transformed. What does it say? Transformed and progressively. That means all the time. That means continuously changed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Because where is war? The warfare that you're living, the warfare that you're experiencing, the warfare that you're going through is all in the mind. And that's the reason why we need to understand that there's something that we have to do as people to take back ownership that God has intended for us to have, to take back our, our responsibility of who we are, to take back and say, listen, no longer will be subjected over these things, but I will proclaim, I will declare, I will speak forth, I will pray, I will preach the word of God so that it will not return void but it will go and accomplish that for which I speak it. That is the word of God. It contains power. We need to understand, people, there isn't an easy way. There isn't. I wish there was, but there isn't. The only way is to get transformed, to get renewed by the word of God. Let the word Come and live in your heart daily. See, we can't speak the word only once or twice and think it's going to work. The word needs to be a continuous speaking of. Every day, 
every day I need to read the word and speak it, declare it, proclaim it over my life. So that the word can take shape me. So that the word can form me. So that the word can bring me to the place that I can be saturated, be uplifted, be encouraged, be motivated. Come on. Have knowledge. Be the light unto my path and the lamp unto my feet. That is the word of God. So that the word can saturate me. So the word can uplift me, encourage me, motivate me. That the word can give me the knowledge that I need, the wisdom that I need, the understanding that I need. I don't know about you, but there's still a lot of things that I don't understand in life. So I need to understand it. How? By, by looking into it. I mean, you remember in the late 80s, I think it was towards the end of, or was it 90s? I can't remember now when cell phones came became popular in South Africa. And uh, it was the Nokia 3310. Now, I know maybe some of you, the young people, will not remember that phone. And don't worry, you didn't miss nothing. Okay? But that phone was a massive brick. Right? It was like a play brick in your pocket. I mean, you could not even, men could not even put it in his pocket because it was too heavy. And that little aerial that you pull out. You know that little aerial? And right in the beginning, the signal was not that good. So you would walk around, hello, 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 hello. And that's how you walk around. Today you have a smartphone. The Lord help us. You can Google, tweet, twit on it, and you can do whatever you want to. You can Facebook, bookies. you can do whatever you want to with that phone. Right? Because the phone has that functionalities. You can app it and you can pep it. There's apps, man. There's so many apps, I can't even stay on, on it anymore. But you know the challenge that we have as people. If you don't change, you will stagnate. If you don't change, you will stagnate. If you don't change, you will stagnate. That's what it is. I mean, your children or the younger generation, they can teach you a, a thing or two about the phone. Come on. I, I know that when my son come and visit, and he's finished with my phone. He loads every app in the world on it. Man, I just press a button and the thing jumps or it makes frog sounds or whatever. And then I'm thinking to myself, dear Jesus, where does this come from? And he says, don't worry, Dad. It's just a, it's just a frog message from whatever person. And then he personalized my messages. I'm like, dear Jesus, I just want to get the message. I don't care about who's the WhatsApp and who's the app what and whatever. I just want to get the messages. But that's how the people are. And you know what? I had to learn the hard way. Because if I don't change, I will stagnate. And that's one thing I don't want to go and embark upon. Right, now I want to read you a scripture which really blessed me. Holy hallelujah, Jesus. The scripture I want to read you is the following. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 and 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. I read it the other day, and it really just spoke to my heart. And I really hope that when I read it for you this morning and, and share a bit on it, that you, will, that you will really just be encouraged and motivated in your heart. So it says the following in the Amplified Classic. It doesn't have the Amplified. Can you put it on the Amplified Classic version, please? Thank you. Hallelujah. It says, and he will establish you to the end. Now, let me just stop there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister through this two verses. He will establish you to the end. 
This morning you may sit here and feel it's over. This morning you may sit here and feel, I want to throw in the towel. This morning you may sit here and feel, what does he know about that I'm going through? Let me tell you, are you right? I don't know, but God does. God is the one who knows your every need. Your God is the one who knows wherever you are. God is the one who knows who wants to step into your now. God is the one who knows who wants to take you by the hand and lead you through. God is the one who knows. He knows exactly your pain. He knows exactly your heartache. He knows exactly your whatever it is that you go through God is the one who knows he's the one who will make a way where there seems to be no way he's the one who will open a door whenever the doors are closed he will open a double door for you and he will establish you to the end that means God is willing to do something amazing for you and I, but I have to do something for my part. I need to understand that that is the truth and that is for me. Don't ever, listen, I want to encourage everyone this morning. Don't ever, don't ever, I want to say it again. Don't ever doubt yourself. Don't ever again doubt yourself. Say it with me. I, I will never doubt myself. Say it again. I will never doubt myself. You know why? Do you know why? You know, you know why? The reason is, God says, he created you and I in his image and in his likeness. The Lord helped me. If God created me and you in his likeness, then it means that we are created in his likeness. That's not a deep revelation. Right? Did you get that? <laughs> the point is that we don't believe it. Because what God is saying, I will establish you to the end. It's not for me. It's for the neighbor or for the two sisters. But they're not twisted, eh? Okay, you didn't get that. Twisted sisters. That was years ago. All right, don't worry. So, you understand? It's for somebody else. It's not for me. But God says it's for you. It's for you. You see, sometimes you look at yourself in a mirror, and what you see is what you don't like. Come on. That's not you now. My ears is too big. I'm too big. I'm too thin. I'm too that. My hair is not straight. My hair is not right. My, my, come on, the fact that you have hair. Jesus help me because that man doesn't even have hair. And he's okay. Now he's laughing now, but it's okay. He, he knows I'm making a joke. The point what I'm making people is that we will never be satisfied of how we look and what we have. Never. That's the reason why we have to differentiate between the world and not be Conform to the world, but be transformed by renewing our minds. That is why the word says it. Because the God knew from the beginning that we as people will always compare ourselves with somebody else. I mean, the other day I took my wife. It was her birthday and I took her to the Onsa Haisi. It's a place there by Bloberg. It's a nice, I know somebody's smiling, so they've probably been there. It's a nice little restaurant. It's right there by the beach. And when we stopped there, I walked past. I was coming around the, the, the bend where the car was parked, and I was trying to walk in. 
and then they take your temperature. But just as before I walked in, I saw this SUV. You know what's an SUV? A sport utility vehicle. But anyway, so this SUV was standing on the side, a white one, beautiful car. And you know, I'm sorry, but as a man, me, this is me now, I love new, um, uh, beautiful cars. I love cars. Meaning, I love cars. I mean, if it's a nice car. And then I looked at the name of the car, and I almost fainted. It was a Lamborghini. Not a Maserati or a Ferrari, a Lamborghini SUV. Now, I went immediately like to the Google. You know, Google, Auntie Google is good. Ooh. And I went to Google, and I went on there, and I looked, and I see that the price is 3.5 million rand for a Maserati. So, now you know me. No, you don't know me, but I'm going to explain me to you. So here I'm at, here I'm at the Onsahisi, and I'm looking at all the couples, you know, that's eating. Now I'm thinking to myself, I wonder who of these guys, no, it's not you now, it's not you, it's me, don't worry, don't worry, it's not you, it's me. I'm looking at all the couples on, uh, that's eating now, and I'm seeing what are they ordering to think that I'm going to match them with the car, right? It's a 3.5 million car. So I'm thinking now, and I see this young couple, young Young, I'm saying in their late 20s, I'm telling you the truth. They're ordering just a cup of coffee. And I thought, ah, it's not them. So then I heard our neighbors on the other side, there was two couples sitting together. And I heard one saying to the other, he will never give his car again to his son. I said, yeah, that's them. And I immediately made up my mind that it's them. Preconceived ideas. Now, I know you don't deal with that. That's Okay. You don't deal with perceptions and preconceived ideas, but I did that moment. So I thought, hey, that's their, that's their car. Because they're talking about the car. Not that car, they were talking about a car. But they didn't say the name of the car. And so far as Vrachti, I don't know how to say that in English. As true as Bob. Yeah. Yeah, this young couple in the 20s. The guy got up, and I just see him taking his. Remote out, beep, and the car starts. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, Lord. And then he climbs into the car. And I'm thinking to myself, how's that for us as people? That's what we do specifically. Or precisely is the right word. We all do. We look at people and we judge them. Like the English say, don't judge a book by their cover, but that's exactly what we do. We look at the cover and we think, nah, they can't afford that car. And the lady, or the gentleman and the lady, young, young, I'm saying to you late 20s, they could probably be more to the middle 20s, 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 driving a 3.5 million car. Now you see what now, now it's not you, it's me now. Please bear with me, please. So I'm thinking, what tender did they get now here? Did they get a tender? Who did they tender for? Come on. Come on now. No, not you, not you, not you, it's me. That's what I'm thinking. What tender? Who gave them the tender? Did they tender for something? Did they tender for trouble or did they just get a tender? Come on. Because how can they afford it at that age? Come on. The Lord knows. He will establish you to the end. Keep you steadfast. Give you strength. Now listen. A lot of times we as people don't have strength. It's not that we don't. But we feel drained. We feel tired. We feel that we cannot go on any longer. And that is the time when you need to realize that it's God who gives me the strength to keep on standing and be steadfast. 
So it's good to have people around you to support you and inspire you and motivate and encourage you. But the Word of God can do all of those things in one word that God can give you. Do you know that one word from God can change your life forever? One word from God. But we so caught up with the things that people give their opinions about. Now, I know you don't have opinionated family. You don't have that. That's fine. I know that. I can see you all happy and smiling. And those that's got masks on, uh, forgive me that I took my mask off, but I need to speak properly. Otherwise, I'm going to soft it off. Okay. Give you strength. Now, listen to that. And guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment. Your warrant. Now, the moment we hear warrant, we think of a warrant of arrest, right? Right? Here comes the policeman. Hey, where were you now last night? Oh, I was. No, we have a warrant for your arrest, right? But God says he will be your warrant against all accusation. That means he will come and stand in the gap for your sins, for your wrongdoings, for your actions. God will stand in the gap for what you have done as a person. So don't ever doubt yourself. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and think less of yourself. Because let me tell you something, the moment you do, you're allowing yourself to think less of God. Oh, babe, Jesus help us. That's the truth. Because the word says you were created in his image and likeness. So if you think less of yourself, what's going to happen? You think less of God. Because he's the one that created you. Yes, he used your mother and your father as tools. But they're not the ones. The miracle came through from God. Come on. That's the reason why you're sitting here today. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow, 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 wow. If that doesn't make you excited, then I'm going to end the service now. Because nobody even smiles. I know that it's Movember or November for Movember and November for November. I don't even have a member, so that's fine. <clears throat> that's why I don't get a mask. So can we go to the next verse 9, please? God is faithful. Now listen, right there, stop us, let's stop right there. God is faithful. People will always, can I, can I just rephrase this this morning? People will always disappoint you. People will always hurt you. Because they say hurt people hurt other people. People will disappoint you, hurt you. People will, man, they will do things to you that you think, can it be true that people can do this to me? Now, no, it's not you now. It's other people are not here now. But God is faithful. He is the one that's reliable. He's the one that is trustworthy. Now, you see, a lot of times, again, we go back to Romans 12 too. Just keep that scripture there. Don't, don't, don't change it. It's fine. But Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world. But be, trans, be transformed by progressively renewing your mind. Now, progressively, if you look at the English, and I'm not going to try and be an English teacher this morning, but progressively means it's continuously. You continuously have to renew your mind. It's not a one-stop shop. It's not a once-off and then it's done. It's all the time. Because our minds are filled with a lot of hogwash, cow dung, 
And that's the reason why we need to take a hold of the word so the word can transform us. And therefore, because God is faithful, because God is reliable, because God is trustworthy, therefore, ever true to his promise, God made a promise to you and I. God put promises in his word. It's not promises that came from the disciples. The disciples were just instruments in his hands. The disciples and everybody, the prophets in, of the old days in the Old Testament, they were all instruments and vessels in the hands of God. That's what it was. But God is the one who put the promises in his word. And then he comes and he says, he can be dependent upon or on. Cheapers. You know, a lot of times you and I depend on people. We make an appointment or we make a date, you know, for coffee or for whatever, friends of ours or whoever, and then they don't pitch. And then we feel really disappointed. And we feel what? And then we start looking at ourselves. No, no, not you, me. And think that maybe I said something wrong. You know, maybe I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe, I don't know. And you start looking on the inside, what did I do wrong? And especially when you are, when you've been crippled through a relationship. I don't know why I'm going back to this, but there's some people sitting here. This morning you got hurt through relationships. People have hurt you. People have disappointed you. People have let you down. People have said nasty things to you. And it hurts you. It hurts you because God gave us emotions. He did. That's why it says that our soul is containing of emotions, will, and intellect. Right? Those three areas. Emotions, will, and intellect. Hence, that's the reason why we have to change the way we think. Intellect. But it's a world decision that we have to make. The word's not going to jump into your spirit. You have to read it. You have to spend time in it. You have to spend time with God. Intimate time. By him you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ. As, as of children of God, we need to understand something this morning. That God gave us a tool. And that tool is called the Bible or the message or the Word of God. You can call it whatever you want. That's the same thing. And God gave it to us for a reason, for us to have a compass for our life or a compass for our lives. Because me and you, me and you, we need direction. We need to have a plan. We need to have all of these things to be able to, to stand strong to be able to go on, to be able to get up every day. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Don't put up your hands, please. But let's be honest. How many times don't you want to get up to go to work or just get up? I mean, there's a lot of times, especially on a Monday. And the first thing you say is what the world says. Oh, it's a blow Monday. It's a blue Monday today. And you did not even get up yet. And then you know what? As true as Bob Something falls. Yeah, it's a blue Monday. I knew it. And it's nothing to do with the Monday. Paul says you must treat every day the same. But yet we as people getting so hooked up with what the world portrays to us that we don't see the things that God's giving us to see. And so we miss out on a lot of opportunities. And we miss out on the things that God wants to bring about. 
And therefore, we need to understand that God wants to do something miraculously for you. For me? Yes, for you. And don't doubt yourself. Yeah, but I'm just a woman. So what? Well, I'm just a man. So what? Well, have you seen my? It doesn't matter. God looked past that thing because he created you for a time such as this. So I want to tell you, young men, you, young, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Can you stand? No, not you, the one behind you, that man. Yeah. While I'm preaching, the Lord says, I must tell you, my son, don't ever doubt yourself. When you look in the mirror, look and see Jesus because that's who he created you to be, the image and the likeness of God. And he says, don't ever doubt yourself. Don't look at yourself as, as incompetent. That's what the word is, what God says to me. Don't look at yourself as incompetent. God says, because I made you competent. Because in me, you are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror, God says. Don't let the world portray other pictures to you. God says, today, my son, is your turnaround time. Today is your turnaround. The Lord says, I must tell you, my son, today you're going to go to greater heights. You're going to go further than you've ever think and wish and even imagine that you can go because God says, I will do things far more and above. All you can ever think, all you can ever imagine, or all you can ever even pray. The Lord says this morning, my son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You see, we don't understand the things of God. It's because we're so busy with the things of the world. I know it's not you now, maybe, but it's the truth. You know, when I walk into the D.C., that's the distribution center of Pig and Pay, where I spend most of my time, I only see the negative. You know, I'm honest. I only see the things that goes wrong. And I'm so focused on those things that after a day, I'm so tired. When I get home, I'm telling you the truth. I just shower, plonk into the bed. I like that word. Plonk. Plonk into the bed and I sleep. I don't know if there's another nicer way to explain it. My plonk sounds good. So I plonk into the bed and I sleep. Why? Because I'm tired. A friend of me used to say, I'm clapped. That's also another expression of tired. And I'm thinking to myself, and then I went on leave a couple of weeks ago. And when I came back, everything was almost like different. Until you walk into that whole building again, and then all of a sudden I said, ah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to allow what I've gone through, what I've experienced to determine the outcomes. God made me to be a success. God made me to be a child of the living God because I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I cannot allow the things that is around me to affect me. Obviously, it will affect you in a way, but it's to, the, to the level that it will affect you is what you're going to allow it to affect you. And so I needed to take a step back and say, hold it. I'm going to stop it right here. I need to make a difference and be different. And so we need to understand, I've got a lot to share, but I'm not going to do it. Because this morning, God's going to minister to you. You can put up the scripture for me, please. And if, I, if the worship band is here, if they can come to the front. If they're not here, if you can put music on softly in the background. But I really want you to understand this morning, you are not here by excuse. You are not here for any other reason, but it's the purpose and the will and the plan of God for you to be here this morning. Because there's people sitting here with heartbroken. You don't even know because you just see the book's cover, right? You just see the book's cover, but you didn't read the pages within and this morning, God wants to touch your life so that you will never be the same. 
I'm going to not make an altar call for the sake of the COVID-19 regulation. But if it's you this morning, I want you to, for the sake of not being disturbed with the people around you, I want you to close your eyes. And it's not a tradition. I just want you not to be focused on what you see. But I want you to hear my voice this morning. If you're sitting here this morning and you say, God, you know what? That word was for me. Because really I struggle to, to believe at the time such as this because of what I've been going through and the things I've been experiencing. Heartache. Being let down by people. My emotions running haywire. Hurt. Opinions. Relationship. Divorce. Whatever it was. Whatever it is. If that is you, I want you to stand this morning, please. Can I ask the rest of you, if it's not you, can you please pray with me in tongues so we can just sit and change the atmosphere. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, you see all of these people standing. Oh God, and there's hurt and pain. There's relationships that was broken. Father, there's things that happen to these people standing in front of me that is very, very difficult for them to bear. Right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, come and do a work. Come and touch their lives. Father, you know that I feel sometimes giving up. And I saw a clear vision of somebody wants to throw in the towel. They want to throw in the towel. They want to give up. They want to let go, but this morning, God, you are here to remind them that you are the one that is faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, you are the one that is faithful. You are the one that we can depend upon. You are the one, God, that will give us hope. And chapter, uh, verse 9, sorry, verse 9. You are the one, God, that, that do whatever we cannot do, whatever the world cannot offer us. You are the one that is able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever think, imagine, or pray. And right now, I pray for these people. Can I just ask you to surrender? Just surrender. The Holy Spirit is going to do a work, not me. I'm just going to pray. Father, you see these people before you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just do a gentle work. Bring about in their hearts healing. Healing, God. Healing. Healing from that brokenness, healing from that, from that um, relationships that's gone sour, healing God from those divorce and their marriage issues that they had, healing Father, healing, healing God, healing to do a miracle beyond miracles because it's you that's doing it Father, healing Father God, healing right now, right now, right now, right now. Right now, right now, right now. This is what the Lord said, I must tell you. He says, a new day is dawning. You need to let go of the past. Because today is the day of your turnaround. So that you can experience the things that I have in store. For too long you've been holding on to this pain. For too long you've been holding on to this thing in your heart. This emotional turmoil, this, this hurt, this opinions from people, the things that has brought you to a place where you're at today. 
But today the Lord says it's a new day dawning. It's a new day. This is the day that you're going to move forward. The Lord says, do not look to the back. Do not look behind you because those days are over, says the Lord. It's over. Today you come to a new day, a new day in your life, a day where things will start happening. Things will start being prepared for you, in front of you. Things will start coming uh, up for you. Things will start just coming for you. Favor of God. Favor of God favor of God, open doors a way where there seems to be no way Father as these people stand before you I pray just come and touch them right now saturate them with your presence let them experience Father God beyond the human nature understanding because that's who you are our God and Father who loves us Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So what you need to do is, if that's you, and if it's not you, then don't, don't take it, but if it's you this morning that is standing here, that was standing, those of you that stand, you can sit down, it's fine. If it was you, then I want you to forgive if you have something against someone because it's the first and the foremost thing that you have to do and it's the most difficult thing to do because we don't, like to forgive others because of the things that they've done towards us but I tell you what that's how healing starts when you can forgive somebody else maybe you can't forget but you can start to forgive and and then you carry on forgiving those people every time they come into your mind I must tell you this because I, I need to tell you this because I'm prompted in my heart to tell you this about 30 years ago I got divorced from my ex obviously and uh, for years, I was walking around with hurt and bitterness and anger and frustration and irritation and always looking at her. It looked from the outside, the book by the cover, it looked from the outside that she's having a ball of a time. Ball of a time. It looked like everything is going well while I'm suffering in pain. I thought it was, I was the only person in the face of, on the face of the earth that was going through her heartache and pain and suffering because of her because she divorced me or we divorced each other whatever it doesn't matter and for years i'm talking about two three four years i really struggled i struggled i struggled i struggled until god said to me one day you have to let go you have to forgive i said but god i can't it's too it's too sore it's too it's too painful and the lord says you need to let it go otherwise that thing will be garbage that you will carry on in your life and it will hinder you to achieve the things that I've got in store for you. And I had to let go. I had to let go. I had to call her by her name and let it go and say, I forgive you. I even went to her house. She was married already with another man. And I went to her house and I said, please forgive me if there was anything that I've done wrong. Now, maybe you are not in a situation to be able to do it, but you have to forgive. That is where it starts. It starts by forgiving that person, if that is you. This is a word for you. I need you to do it, please. Forgive that person because then God will come and set you free in a twinkle of an eye. At that moment, He will set you free. And sometimes you will still carry the, uh, what is the letzel? Scar. Hey, I can correct myself. So, <laughs> sometimes you will carry scars from the past. But, the God, but God will even heal that. And so, I want to tell you that, that, that you have 
what it takes because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. And the Lord says, I must tell you, my daughter, that you are not here by accident, but God says, I brought you here for a purpose today. The Lord says, I must tell you that that hurt and pain that's in your heart, the Lord says, I'm going to heal you completely from it. The Lord says, you have been going through some heartache and pain for too long because you allow the enemy and people's opinions to rob you from the things I've got in store for you. But the Lord says, today, my daughter, is a new day dawning. It's a new day in front of you. This is your turnaround time, says Lord. You will no longer allow these things. When it comes to your mind, listen, listen, you, 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 don't, you don't even take it. You declare the word of God. Say, God, your word says, you are faithful. There, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. Please go, and if you don't have that Bible, go onto the internet, amplify the classic version, the classic version, AMPC, that God is faithful and He's reliable. Not people, not family. Listen to me. Not family, not people, but God is. And that's the hardest thing because you and me and all of us, we need tangible things, right? We want to touch and feel and smell and taste. That's how we are created. But God says this morning, you need to trust Him by faith because He surely will come through for you in Jesus' name. Can we just stand? Can we just stand and give God a praise offering in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing I've learned in life, and I want to end up with this, and I know people don't like to hear about money, but it's okay, it's tough. I'm going to talk about money now. I'm going to talk about money. I've struggled to believe God to sow a tithe and to give offering for years. But God helped me through a process to be able to do it. And about, uh, where are we now? Six, three, four, four months ago, four months ago exactly, we received letters from our company to say they're going to cut our salaries with 7%. Now, maybe it's not a lot of money for you, but for me it was, Right? So they cut our salaries with 7%. And I was faced. I'm going to stand here because I want to see you all in the face. Sorry, my brother. I'm not going to spit on you, I promise. I, I was faced with a challenge. This is the challenge. I was faced with a challenge to say the following. I can either pay my tithe on the 7% cut, right? Because that's the normal thing to do. I can either cut my tithe to align to my salary income, correct? But I trusted God and I still continuously paid my tithe on my, on my original salary without the cut. And I tell you what, I need to tell you this this morning. Since that day, up until now, every month through avenues, I got more money than my salary was anyway. Anyway. How does that work? How does it work? Very simple. You need to trust God and sow where you want to go. That's my motto. Sow where you want to go. I am trusting God for a bigger salary. So I'm sowing already on that amount. I'm telling you the truth. This year, our company did not give increases to anybody. Now, I know it sounds all negative, 7% cut and not, still not increase. But I still sow on the original amount. And I still sow on the amount that I'm trusting God for to earn. Even then. And every month, God supplies through avenues, whether it's tears or whatever. But God supplies every month that I get more out in my bank account than what I was supposed to get through God. So listen to me. I want to leave you and love you with this. Please, don't underestimate God. Don't put God in a box. He can do far more. Exceedingly. 
abundantly above all all say all all I can ever imagine pray or think father in the name of Jesus I pray for this people here this morning and I ask God that we will not value what we have or place value on it but that we will value our relationship with you because you have placed us and you gave us ownership over what we have and therefore this morning God we just let it go we let it go we forgive and ask you to forgive us for not letting it go for allowing things of this world to hinder us to not receive this morning I pray God that you will open a door for each person here present open a door for each person present open a door for each person present God I want to say it again open a door for each person present so they will walk in it and walk through it and experience the greatness the abundance everything that you have in store in Jesus name can we give God just the last praise offering in this place hallelujah